It's time to hammer down and push your IndyCar to the limit. Elio Castro Neves wins the 105th running of the Indianapolis 500-mile race. From turbochargers to tight turns, we're covering everything that's happening on and off the track with the NTT IndyCar Series. Scott Dixon is a six-time IndyCar champion. How about that? This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Well, it is Wednesday evening, people, so you know what that is. It's time for you to get your fix from the IndyCar Nation. Jackaroot with you, and the guy that is your fixer is the 2013 winner of the Indy 500 and my co-host, Tony Kanan. TK, back in Brazil yet again, right? Yes, sir. Um, My normal thing. I do actually, I've been managed to do one show in America, one show in Brazil. One show in America, one show in Brazil. So we'll keep doing that. Look, most people that are listening to this show, you know, they may board an airplane to go to Fort Wayne or they may drive their car from New York to Charlotte. But I can't think of a lot of folks that are commuting back and forth between Indianapolis and Brazil. And as you say, one week on, one week off. Does it ever get old for you? It's tiring, Jack. Yeah. To give you an example, uh, I left Indy right now 25 hours ago i landed 23 hours ago here and i'm ready for the show so it it gets to you but you know it's that's that's what we've been doing all our lives i think uh, i don't think i have room to complain after a year and a half being sitting at home and we're all asking i mean look at us we haven't met in person and since the show started it a year and a half ago almost two years ago so um it, it does but honestly i'm so glad that we're traveling again we're back to normal but uh, yeah it's tiring but you know it's it's part of life right it could be worse yes it could be a lot worse all right some of the news since we were together one week ago uh jack harvey it has been confirmed and announced by both parties that he will be leaving meyer shank racing at the end of the season uh, we'll we'll get caught up with that because Michael Shank will be joining us in this segment, in fact. In the meantime, while Shank is dealing with that, Elio Castroneves has signed on to run full-time with MSR in 2022 and go after that elusive and would be defining fifth Indy 500 victory. But he's also back in the cockpit coming up in Nashville. It's kind of interesting to see just when you think you've connected all the dots, something like this happens yeah, I mean, within a race team. Yeah. Yeah. But Jack, like, uh, you know, a point that, that, you know, I am going to ask Mike is you got to be careful because the 500 is the race that everybody wants to win. Uh, let's face it. Uh, IndyCar without the 500 wouldn't be as strong as it is. Um, the expectations, Elio brought a lot of expectations to that team. All the eyes are on that team. Now, they're going to a street course. Elio hasn't run an IndyCar full-time in a few years. Um, you got to be careful how, and then they just send Jack Harvey, you know, they part ways, but it's a young gun that has been doing an awesome job there yeah. for them uh, on those type of tracks. Uh, um, so those are uh, all those questions that are popping up in my head as a race fan, right? Obviously, I the hardest part for me in our show, it's not to... I hate when I listen to people say, when I was driving, or this is my opinion, I, I want to take the Tony Cannon out of it and put me as a, 
as a fan, what kind of questions I was going to ask if that was the decision that a team made, hmm. right? Um, and I think they're, they're going to be in a hot seat because you win the fourth in the 500. I understand that uh, they're going for the fifth, which that's the race that matters, but there's still another 16 races to go next year or whatever that many races they're going to add that I just going to have to perform. It's not just the explanation to the sponsors because you're banking all in one race that if you don't win, if you win, awesome, golden. Look at what happened to me in 2013, right? But if you don't, then you have to catch up. So I'm not saying that is going to do good or bad. I'm saying my question as a fan is it's we need to wait to be seen, especially in Nashville, because the eyes are going to be on him. They're going to, they just announced their deal. It's a, it is a big deal. Um, so it's a lot of pressure, but I think Elio can handle it. It's just, uh, it's just, uh, it's going to be interesting. Yeah. We are counting down the days and, uh, it's just a little bit, uh, about a weekend, then about three more days before, uh, everything gets underway and they drop the green rag for practice at, uh, the Nashville temporary street course. Joseph Newgarden, who is going to join us in this show, certainly has his hands full in so much as, let's just put it this way, it's his hometown track, and you've done it. When we used to go to Brazil, oh, the worst people thing. come out of the woodwork. That, you know, Well, it, you don't remember, Tony? You and I went to school, and we were the best of friends. Remember and you that? Have to say, yeah. And then you have to yeah. say, well, actually, I was sleeping on well, top of a go-kart garage. Yeah. <laughs> see, Jack, that's the catch, right? Um, it is the best thing that happens to you and the worst thing that happens yeah. to you because you want to race in your hometown. You have the home court advantage. You have everybody in that place cheering for you. The worst part is it's, it's those people that they're not people that regularly talk to you. There are people yeah. that haven't been talk, spoken to you for two years, two and a half years. And all of a sudden you get a text message. How are you? Like, you're like, okay. But then you don't give these people two minutes of your life, which you already don't have because it's your home race. And they go and they badmouth you. Ah, look at that. He used to be a lot more humble before he, you know, blah, blah, blah. So that is a lot of extra pressure that Joseph is going to find, in my opinion, because especially that it's not a venue that we go there every year. It's the first year that we're going to right. Nashville. If you say, okay, like Brazil, the first year was bad for me. But the following years, it became a little easier because it's just, then it's a current thing. It's a race that is in the calendar. Uh, you know, you'd knock that out of the way. But the first one is always the worst. So I think uh, he has a lot of his plate. He needs to turn his attention to try to turn this, this championship around if he still wants to win it. And then all this distraction. So uh, let me put it this way. I don't think I wanted it to be Joseph Newgarden this next week. <laughs> until, until, I, I, until I got to the car. <laughs> <laughs> then it'd be all right because you can, you know, get it all out. Now, one driver that is your teammate will also be joining us on this show. As I said, we're, we're, we're packed solid and that's the youngster Alex below. And you have been touting his, his, shall I say mental maturity and his race craft that belies his young age ever since we came on the air to kick off season two TK. And I'm really looking forward to letting you, uh, let our listeners kind of follow your interaction with him. Now, Alex and I, he's he, in fact, right now, he's the current IndyCar guest on my, on my podcast, but uh, I think it's going to be kind of fun because 
I'll be interested to see how he reacts to having you change things up on him. And now you're the interviewer. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's going to be intimidated like that every time he talks. Well, and of course, Mr. you Tony. won't. You won't. Mr. Tony. Yeah, Mr. Tony. He calls me Mr. Tony. I'm like, whatever. <laughs> but let me let me point one thing out, Jack, that I, I think that people don't know because it's obviously inside information. But IndyCar stopped for this period, like three and a half weeks or whatever, because of the Olympics. And if you go on social media and you follow all of us, you see guys drivers taking vacations you see i'm not going to name names because you guys yeah. can follow but people went to europe they are in the beach they're doing this alex is from spain and you know what alex did alex stayed in indy went to the gym every day he went to the shop four times a week stayed closer with the engineers did a lot of simulation work um and just stayed there to work and that that right there it's a sign. I'm not saying that is the secret that you have to do this. I mean, I understand. I'm just saying that it's it's something that tells me something right there. Yeah, and, and as I say, it belies his young age, but it does it it does define passion and commitment. Uh, a quick hit before Mike does join us from Meyer Shank Racing, our guest last week, Romain Grajean, who was kind of on a a brief vacation in his motorhome with his kids stopped off as he told us at uh, worldwide technology raceway to shake down the car and, and be in that practice session with just about a, a dozen cars. And uh, it went well, he did, he did have a, a lazy spin, but most people do when they're pushing the outside of the edge, it to me will be interesting to see. And it, I got the, the feeling and is that, the decision, the ultimate decision will revolve around whether his wife, who had to live through that incredible, and I watched it again, TK, on, on Drive to Survive, you know, that, that fiery crash that he was involved in. And if, if anybody professes not to believe in God, go watch that, because we should have all been forced to go to a funeral that night. But uh, I think that's the key, is, is, is assuring horror that, you know, this drive to run an Indy car and run a full season is compatible and uh, ally some of her fears. What do you think? You've been in, you've been subjected to this. Listen, do you know what I think? He's already it's, made his decision. It's a done deal. Yeah. That is right. no way. Come yeah. on, come on. I mean, and one thing that I, I don't, I, this is a very, and, and again, I don't want to sound, I'm not making anything out of it, but I don't understand this perception from the, the the people outside the states like the the europeans i would call because the f1 guys that the ovals are so dangerous yeah. guys we have the most i mean any look what happened to to him in formula one we have the most in my opinion the most safest car uh, in the world and then i'm not saying that because because look i mean it's facts guys by facts look what happened look how much we improved so i don't know this thing about ovals i think is just a myth to be honest jack that people created in their minds and you know and you're like oh that's so i think the decision is made i think you're going to see grosjean not at the coin next year and doing a full season that's my prediction bet on it because he's on a roll Everything he has predicted has come 
to full fruition. All right, waiting in the wings is Michael Shank. What do you say? Shall we get to it? Let's do it. Well, TK, uh, the news, as we just reported in our opening monologue, is that at the end of the season, Meyer Shank Racing will be parting ways with Jack Harvey, while Elio Castroneves will fill one of the two seats available, the co-owner of Meyer Shank Racing. And we like to call him the house car because of his sponsorship relationship with Sirius XM Radio. And, of course, Jim Meyer, the other co-owner, is Michael Shank. Mike, it had to be an absolute difficult decision because I know the relationship that you and Jim have had with Jack and what he's contributed. What were the factors that you had to weigh? Well, you know, the first thing I want to say, and and I've said this to many people in outlets here is that there's no, there's no problem. There's no contention. No, nobody mad at each other. It was just a decision made, you know, by the way, we had a contract in his email for him to sign for the, you know, for a couple of years or so. And uh, after us talking and sitting and talking, it just became apparent that maybe it was time for us to try both of us. It's not just me or not just, he didn't get fired by no means. I had a mm-hmm. contract ready, right? And um, uh, it just it just became apparent that uh, maybe it's time we both do something new in the most friendliest way I could possibly bring to you. Uh, it's hard because I wasn't totally expecting it, if I'm being 100% honest, um, but it's, it's life sometimes. And uh, he and I will always be bonded together on the way uh, we've got to where we're at today, always be bonded. So not the funnest week or so ago, for sure, but we, we've waited through it pretty well now. And, uh, you know, we're all moving on. So is he. Well, Mike, um, obviously, <clears throat> I, uh, you know how close I am to Elio and uh, seeing, you know, how bad he wanted it to come back to IndyCar after he won the 500. We had a chat. He's like, well, now I'm going to put a lot of pressure because I want to come back full time. So what, you know, obviously, like you just said, it was a very tough decision for you because there are some people that can argue that, you know, there's a young gun and there's this veteran that doesn't have that many years left, which I disagree with that because I'm in the same place, right? <laughs> it's, it's just an age. People kept saying we're old and here we go. He goes out and then goes for, for four and now he's going for five. And, and I'm very well you know, uh, aware that he could actually possibly get the fifth. As far as a business standpoint, right? You guys are still trying to go to a second car. Having a veteran like Elio on a, such a young team Explain to the listeners how, how important that is, because I think you could get a lot of heat saying, why are you hiring a guy that probably has a couple of years left instead of a kid that has 10, you know? Good questions all, and on all reasonable things. To start with, the debate we had back in October was exactly that. Do we want to go with someone uh, that we can build the, the company with or do we need results now? And, and as part B to that, can um, this person help the other car at the time, which is Jack, right? And we all just decided, and after, now this is not just haphazard, Tony. We went back like we all do and trying to find a pattern in his production and all that kind of thing. And it, uh, it just showed me that there was something left in the tank there. And then you take on top of that little chips on shoulders, just little ones. <laughs> they got a little pissed off in them. And I count on that. And, uh, and, and, you know, by the way, we look like rock stars right now because of the 500, but you and I both know, Tony, you know, we transitioned road courses here this week and next week, you know, it changes completely. So the bottom line is this, what suits, what does MSR need? What do our sponsors need and when do they need it by? Right. And what is our deals with them? 
are they long-term deals, short-term deals? And I, we can't talk a lot about a lot of that, but mm -hmm. it, it just, it's just not one thing. I wish the fans understood that there's five inputs, six inputs that really decide how we're going to go about it. For us, that was the right decision. It still is. Uh, Elio, as you well know, is outstanding with people and groups and talking and really making you feel special or a part of something. And that's an asset, right, that, uh, that I underestimated with him. I didn't understand the capability he has mm -hmm. off the track, too, to be honest, and now I do. Um, so, you know, all those play into it. And, you know, we have another decision now to make for, for who's going to drive the 60 car, which we're working through, and it's the same exact discussion, same. It's literally ditto. So uh, we're looking at that now. We're deciding how we're going to do it and who, who the needs and what the needs are, and, and we'll see where it takes us. Without, you know, giving us any inside company information, you and Jim, I'm sure, ha have got kind of a, a list of qualities. Let's put it that way. Yeah. Uh, the, I'm, I'm interested if you could in any way share what those desired qualities and what that list is for who will fill that 60 car in 2022. Well, that's hard. That's, uh, that's difficult to say, you know, with, okay. our, with our contracts that we have, um, they're not super long-term. They're not just a year either though, you know, so we have to weigh that against, you know, can we get production immediately from people and does that matter? Or are we in it for the longer term? Like I said to you, you know, uh, I like the idea. I like the idea of having a, a veteran and a, a newer person. I, I, I can tell you I like that idea. I just don't know that's what I'm going to decide along mm. with Jim. Well, you realize you realize that you're facing off against a guy that is available. He's under contract uh, to Ganassi. No, 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 I've been Jack, trying, Shank. Start. I've don't been trying start. since day one to get this guy a job full time. Don't start. <laughs> Go uh, ahead, yeah. Tony. Well, Mike, yeah, Mike doesn't want to chip mad at him, you know. So I, mean, actually, <laughs> I just uh, said that. I, I don't, I don't yeah. need chip mad at him. <laughs> Mike, so obviously very exciting. I think you said something that it's totally understandable. What people need to understand that results, they need to happen now. And, and I think you gave Jack the perfect opportunity. And, and I've said that in another show. Uh, Jack is not out of the job. Jack's going to land the job somewhere else. And I think at the end of the day, it will be better for, for, yeah. for both of you yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously... The biggest challenge, uh, like you said, I think you guys are going to get as a team is you have a veteran that has a lot of experience on track and outside the track for your team to grow. So we, Jack already talked, you know, touch on that. If, if, and Mike Shank's perfect world. I don't need names, but would you put a young gun beside this guy? You would put a guy that has been in the series for a little bit already or another veteran? What, what, if I would say, Mike, here, you have the whole freedom. And again, don't, 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 let's not get you in trouble with names, but what would be your perfect world? I need, I need to win another Indy 500. Mm. At the end of the day, the Indy 500 is everything to me and Jim, right? We need to win the 500. We're, we now we know we're capable of it. And what's going to, what's going to be the, the best situation for us to win again? We won two in a row. There's no questioning us at all, ever again. Zero. If we won two in a row. No, total so. validation. No question. All right. Before we run out of time, let's focus our attention on what's forthcoming in just about a, a, a week and a half or so. 
and, and that's this, you know, big machine, Music City Grand Prix. The course has been set. I'm wondering from an owner's and a team perspective, bringing Elio back, everybody can get excited, but it's also requiring you, Mike Shank, to expand the operation back into what I call Indy 500 mode. How uh, challenging has that been? Or was it in the plans and you had it all in place and just had to pull the trigger? Mostly in the plans, Jack. Mostly in the plans, but still it overwhelms me once in a while. It wakes uh -huh. me up at night, right? Just because the enormity of it and having all, you know, we're going to Portland tomorrow to test on Friday. So I got to get 35 guys out to the West Coast for a one-day test, right? And turn them around on a red eye come home, and then go to Nashville, right? So all those logistical balances, you know, taking three rigs, it's just, you know, it, it's a lot. And it's a, it's a big ask on our side to get it done. But, but having said that, we had been planning for it. You know, I got a guy named Adam, Adam Rovazzini, who's my competition director in IndyCar. He, he oversees both programs and talks to Elio on the stand. And he is really buttoned up. I mean, he's, he runs it like a militant organization, and that's what I need and want because of the rapid-fire succession of all of these races, right? Especially for most of the last six, we have two, except for St. Louis, you know? Mm -hmm. So uh, it, 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 we're kind of we, – we're mostly ready, we think, except for the side crash or something like that, maybe that would hurt us a little bit, but um, we think pretty good spot. I, I can tell you, though, and uh, these cars are tricky, and Tony can tell you that these cars are tricky on road courses. And, uh, you know, Elio had the ultimate result last month, two months ago. But, man, we go back to these road courses. It is so close and so difficult yeah. to finish well. It's it's going to take him a couple races to get his legs under him. There's no question. You would agree, Tony? No, 100%, Mike. I think that's the biggest thing that, uh, you know, I, I was chatting with Elio. I mean, you remember that, you know, we use examples like myself, Montoya, uh, we stayed out for you and you come back for the Indian GP. Usually that's what we do right before the 500. And you see a guy like Montoya qualifying that last. And then like Elio the year before with Penske, not yeah. qualifying in the top 10. I mean, I think the expectations are we got to be careful how, because otherwise we'll be taking for granted also Jack and, and yes. Dixon and Palu, the guys and Pato, they are there full time. We can just stay away for a year and come back and pretend we're going to, we're going to go. And then I think, I hope people understand that. And I know you're aware of it. I know Elio is aware of it. It's like, you guys, I mean, let's face it, you'll be competitive, but I don't, I don't see Elio say, oh, I'm going to go there and going to sit on the pole right away because it's going to no. take him a, you know, a couple races to do it, 100%. Uh, Tony, I, I think that's really, really well said. I would wrap that whole paragraph up and put it out to the world. <laughs> so we're going to. We're, going, we're actually going to do that. It'll perfect, air perfect. right here on Brick by Brick Luca. We can't wait to get caught up with you and the rest of the circus in Nashville. And uh, we appreciate your, your visiting with us, as you always do. Good luck with that Portland test, those red eyes. I've been on a ton of them, and so have you. But yes, we'll sir. all rebound. And uh, looking forward to next week at uh, Music City. We'll catch up with you. Thanks so much, Michael. Thank you, guys. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Jack, Tony. All right. Coming Thanks, up Michael. next, uh, we're going to switch gears a little bit, and we're going to talk to the guy that is the current championship leader. That's right. Alex Palou will be joining us. He's TK's teammate. Of course, TK doesn't really share much with us, but he'll join us right here on Brick by Brick right after this timeout. Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick on NBC Sports Audio Channel 211.
This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Welcome back to Brick by Brick, your home. If you're a member of the IndyCar Nation, as yours truly, Jack Aru, and Tony Kanaan, break it down each and every week. TK, we're rapidly approaching the end of this forced hiatus. They call it a vacation. They call it the midsummer's break. Let's not call it something that it really isn't. Because of the Tokyo Olympics, everything in major motorsports was shut down. But what a way to kick it off. Up and coming, you and I will be there with some special programming. And that, of course, is the Big Machine Music City Grand Prix at Nashville. And the guy that goes into it with the points lead, with everything, just rolling the way he wants it to go, is a member of that Chip Ganassi juggernaut along with you, and that's Alex Palou. And he joins us now. So, Alex, you know, there aren't that many times that a points leader gets to sit back and not have to defend his points lead for two bloody weeks the way you have and just enjoy all the accolades. So what's that been like? Hey, guys, um, I'm a bit nervous because it's my first interview with Tony on site. So um, <laughs> I hope I'm ready. But yeah, to be honest, it's been it's been a good season so far and it's been a good break for us. Um, I love to race. Like, I think every driver wants to race every weekend. But to be honest, having like three, three or three and a half weeks of uh, just free time, it's been super good with the team. Like we've been able to see everything we've done so far, uh, see the points we can uh, try and improve and, and get ready for the last couple of races that we have now. My good friend, Alex, I know you're nervous because you think I'm going to ask the questions that I only know the answers. I'm going to put you on the spot. But uh, <laughs> Listen, uh, the question for you is, um, you know, I've obviously, we got to know each other. We got to be pretty close as teammates this year. And uh, I, I, I've been saying this on this show for six months that I think you're the guy to win the championship. And I don't say that because you're leading, but I, I think that the, the biggest turnaround point for me was, I'm going to tell the, 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 the listeners a story. At, at the Indy 500, uh, we're, we're there in the engineering room and you wanted to do one more qualifying run because you were uncomfortable with the speed that you had. You want to try one more thing. And half of the room said no. And you stuck with it and you said yes. And you ended up in the wall, which that's the bad part. The good part is, as a young driver like you, what impressed me the most at that was you came back, you apologized, you turned around. And the next day, it just really, the team did an awesome job fixing your car. But it, you just, it's something that never happened. It felt like it never happened. That doesn't happen very often. And that's why it is one of the reasons that I say to me, you have all the tools and the capability physically and mentally to win this championship. How, how did you learn or where did you learn that? A lot, of, a lot of questions that I got is saying how such a young kid can turn a situation around like that. Because it's easy. It's expected from us, right? We've been to crashes before. I almost failed to qualify you know, at the 500. So, but you never had been through that and you're in a big team. It's your first year. It's your chance. I mean, basically the question is, do you do anything different outside the track to prepare mentally for those moments? Or was just something that you're going to say, Tony, that's, this is just me. That's, 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 that's the way it is. Yeah. Thank you, Tony. Yeah. I remember before the moments before that second round that 
it was you also saying like, hey, you don't have to push it that far um, if we have a good car. But uh, yeah, I learned from it for sure. I'm not going to do it again. And I don't know. I think it's the way I've been racing. Uh, I had to learn uh, with having so many failures. Like racing, it's not a, a nice sport to you, um, to the drivers. You have more bad moments than good moments. And I feel like I had really, really bad moments uh, in my career, like everybody, but I was able to to learn from them or, or try to learn from them. And, and that made me a lot stronger today, um, which is like, it's bad to crash at the Indy 500. Yeah, it's super bad. Um, it's bad if you are with the biggest team, but I could be in like worse scenarios, like um, imagine crashing with not such a good team, able to give you a, a good car. So I was like, if the guys are going to fix my car, why I cannot fix my confidence? I knew I was capable mm. of doing it. It was not like the car did a strange thing. It was myself pushing too much. So it was my mistake. So the confidence was still there on the car, was still there on the team. Um, and I guess you, you, it depends on the situation. But I've been able to just have confidence 100% on the team, having the teammates around, the team around. Everybody was like pushing me so much uh, to say like, hey, Alex, like, I think you came to the medical center with Dario and you guys already started to giving me confidence back on. So everything helped. And yeah, it was it was a good thing. I, I think that from a bad moment, uh, we took some positives aside. TK, your teammate here, Alex, is uh, one of the major guests on my current podcast, Jackaroots Wind Tunnel, that's up for downloading. And in it, Alex, you gave it a lot of credit to uh, Dario Franchitti and pretty much said, hey, he is my secret weapon. How so? Um, yeah, I think it's not only one thing that uh, that I have this year. I, I There's a whole team around from the people that is on my radio to the people that is back at the shop during the week. But um, there are some, some, some special people that's been able to give me some tricks, some comments, some experience that I couldn't get it without doing more years so they are giving me experience um yeah. and dario is is the guy that it's been able to win uh that he's been able to race for so many years and now it's looking everything from the outside so he knows what i think at every time because he's been there he knows what i need at some points and he's able to see it from afar so he's able to see more and to tell me uh, more from a driver's perspective and Tony the the races he's been able to be there like at the 500 it was awesome to be honest like working with him um, and and with Scott as well so I'm lucky enough to be able to work with champions and 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 you learn so much from them um, not only on track but also outside of track hey we're glad you stopped by and uh, we're looking forward to uh, getting back into action on the NTT IndyCar series We'll see you in Nashville in just a handful of days. Thanks for being part of our Brick by Brick today. Awesome. Thank you so much, guys. See you, Tony. See you, Alex. See you, Tony, you. it's one more time to talk to someone, and he is hard-pressed. Because why? Well, the race is being held in his hometown. I can only imagine yep. how many ticket requests Joseph Newgarden is getting. Well, how about this? We'll find out directly from the horse's mouth when Joseph Newgarden joins us here on Brick by Brick after you listen to these messages.
Quick pit stop, and then we're back on the track. This, this is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick on NBC Sports Audio Channel 211. This is Sirius XM's Brick by Brick. Well, TK, we're pleased to have, uh, well, the leader of Team Penske, at least in terms of wins for 2021, joining us here on Brick by Brick on NBC Audio Channel 211. Joseph Newgarden, better known to those intimate with the IndyCar Nation as the angel assassin, joins us right now. So, Joseph, let's get right down to it. The countdown clock is underway. We're happy to have you with us, but how many phone calls have you fielded from friends and acquaintances that all of a sudden are your BFFs trying to get tickets to Nashville? It's amazing how many people love racing now. You know, I just, they, they hear, they've heard about this event in Nashville and they are so excited to go see a race, uh, which is a very good thing. I think that's the positive. Um, uh, that's the positive attribute of, of bringing this race to Nashville. Is I think it's going to create new racing fans. Uh, it's a really good um, transition for people to come to an event, um, have a really good time and then get the, you know, the benefit of seeing IndyCar in a really positive light. So, yeah, to your point, there's a. <laughs> a lot of new friends, a lot of requests. Uh, it's going to be a busy weekend for me, um, but something I'm just, I'm tremendously excited about it. Well, Joseph, I obviously felt the same when we used to go down to Brazil. I, uh, you know, I always felt like it was the hardest thing I could ever done. It was to, you know, it was the greatest thing to do, but also, you know, it, it had a lot of pressure on me. My question to you is obviously, with all this, the misfortunes you had in the last, I mean, not the last race, but, you know, the last couple of races, you won a championship hunt. This race is definitely the turning point of the second part of the season. Do you think, are you trying to do something different to try to keep it more concentrated? Maybe some people don't care. I mean, obviously the fans or the listeners will love to hear what I actually, that actually racing in my home country, on my hometown with the fans, it gave me a lot of, desire to do things but also i felt like it was very distracting what about you uh, yeah i mean you look you know this better than i do tk um i've i've never had this environment before i've never had a you know a home race um of course i'm american and you know we're primarily uh we're, we're an american championship with indycar so there was always that element but I never looked at it that way just because what I love about IndyCar is we have the best from around the world. You know, we have so much international influence and, you know, we bring drivers um, from every country that are the best at, at, at driving IndyCars that, you know, it's really an international uh, sport to me. So the American side, it, you know, every race felt the same, but to, to have now a race from Nashville, in Nashville, where I'm from, I think that is a much more akin to what you, like you said, what you experienced in going back to Brazil and it's only one event that we'll have there. Um, and having that it's pressure. There's a, like, there's no denying it. There's a lot of pressure that you're, this is your hometown. You want to showcase your, your city. You want to showcase your home people. And you also want to perform well there more than anywhere else. Cause these are the people that, you know, saw you growing up. They're the people that, that cheer for you all the time. So this, it's a pressure I've never experienced before. And then to answer your question on, you know, how to handle that, I, you know, it's new for me, but I think what I'm trying to do the best I can, especially with the team around me, you know, that's helping me is just to turn everything off by the time we get to Friday, you know, anything that I need to do for the event, I'm going to try and get done on Thursday or the, or the week of, and then 
by the time I get to Friday, I'm, I'm going to do some things that are necessary uh, for partners or for people that are there at the, the, the race weekend. But other than that, I'm focusing on the race. You know, I, I've got to do well on Sunday at the end of the day. So that, that's where I have to have my focus by the time we get to Friday morning. One of the best parts of pressure is it can be nurtured by momentum and positivity. And you certainly, before this Olympic break, scored a victory for yourself and for Team Penske by, as they say, getting off the schneid. How have you and the team been able to nurture that momentum, keep it alive, and then shift it into a positive for what's forthcoming in your hometown? Well, we were just testing in Laguna, which it was really great, you know, to have that, you know, bit of uh, time together in, in between this huge gap, right? We've had a huge gap um, between mid-Ohio and now coming into to Nashville next week. So um, just to have that little bit of a boost again, work with everybody is really important. Um, but I think for us, the momentum has been good throughout the last three events, really, you know, mm -hmm. not even just looking at mid-Ohio. I feel like we've been, you know, in the mix every weekend. We've had good speed. Um, you know, a couple of those weekends didn't work out for, for you know, different reasons. But um, mid-Ohio was just nice to seal things off, you know, complete the weekend, round it out. And um, obviously, we need to do the same, you know, in Nashville and in a couple more weekends as we finish this year. We're, we're, we're not where we want to be points-wise um, but we're plenty in the fight, you know, and I think the, the most encouraging thing is we have the capability to, to be in the conversation for wins every week. And if we can continue to do that, then, you know, some things come our way. I, I think Nashville can be, uh, you know, a continuation of, of where we've been the last couple race weekends. Joseph, we talked to your engineer uh, a couple of shows back, and uh, my question to him was, how did you two handle all the disappointment? Because one thing is not to be in a championship hunt because, you know, you guys just don't have the car. I mean, the team, we took a different direction, this and that, but things that kept happening to you as a driver, sometimes some people use that on their benefit to turn the situation around, but some people actually get down in a spiral and never really recovered. And I think you, a big part of that team motivation, and he was basically you know, explaining to, to us how you guys handled that on your head. Um, I mean, I saw you in Detroit. You had no desire to give a single interview. And, <laughs> you know, uh, and that's totally understandable. Uh, unfortunately, that's a part of our job that people don't understand. You just want to go home after you put your heart and soul into something that, you know, it wasn't even supposed to be happening. But anyway, and then you get another hit almost like you know in the same situation then and then you get a yellow late and then you had a mechanical problem what did you do to keep your guys i mean i know you well so it's like it's weird to interview you and say because i kind of know but i gotta ask the question because people don't uh what have you done i mean to keep the team because you know it's been a long stretch the guys were working really hard it gets a tool right two twice in a row you're like come on man can we get a break so what have you done to keep these people, these guys up apart from winning the last race and that everything changed. But before that, for me, it's, it's really simple in that you don't overcomplicate it and you, you got, you have to encourage the team around you, not do anything different. You know, there wasn't, there wasn't anything massively at fault from our side. You know, if you look at Detroit race one, we had, we had a small hiccup on a pit stop. So that's a small error that we can, we can adjust. But if you take the performance as a whole, Detroit race one, Detroit race two, road America, overall, we were doing all the right things 
and all three of those races didn't result in a victory. And so the simple thing is to motivate everybody to not do anything different. And that's, it's, it's the case. You have to keep the exact same morale up. You got to be just as positive. And it's easier to do when, when you have the fastest car. We've, we've had the fastest car. It's so easy to motivate everyone and say, do not get down. You know, don't, don't let this get to you. Keep doing the same stuff you are doing. I promise you, if we keep, keep this up, we keep getting polls, we keep running away from the field at the start of the race, I promise you, it will convert sooner than later. And look, you go to mid-Ohio and that's exactly what happened. Um, unfortunately, that's the tough thing with racing. Sometimes the, you know, the, you're with the tide and sometimes the tide's going away from you and you're going, you know, where the heck is it? And um, you've just got to work through these cycles when it's not working for you and let it come back around to you. With, and where the people, you know, that, that don't get that right, I think, in my opinion, is they get, too, um, uh, they get too anxious to do something different instead of just waiting for the momentum to come back to their side. And then all of a sudden they lose it and they get them, like to your point, they get themselves in a rut. And it's just a bad spiral after that. It's really hard to get yourself out of it. So just be patient. And that's kind of what I've told my people around me. Be patient, do the same thing. And I, I promise you this will turn around. And it, and it did. You know, Joseph, nowadays, whatever professional sport it may be, and you guys enjoy it, both you and TK are, are, are beasts when it comes to physical training and having PitFit or other companies prepare you physically. But just listening to your answer to TK, do you have someone that also trains you to have that type of mental acuity and discipline? Um, well, I'd be remiss to say I haven't had, you know, help along the way. I've had so many good influences in my career, whether it, it, a lot of times it's driver coaches. Um, they're mm -hmm. not even professional psychologists, but they're just uh, they're people with good perspective. You know, and I've always been a big fan of driver coaches, um, if they're the right people to provide that alternative perspective. You know, as a driver, you think you see everything and, you know, you have to have a high level of confidence to be a professional racing driver. So when you see the world in the field you feel like your viewpoint's pretty strong uh, but at the end of the day that alternate perspective whether it's you know it's whether it's your um strategist calling the race and the way they see things or it's a person like a like a driver coach that's watching you know and seeing everything from from their viewpoint it's really critical to have that and i've always tried to listen to that alternate perspective and it's just i think made me more open-minded made me more calm um, so, you know, across my career, the multiple people that I've had in my corner that have, you know, seen things from another vantage point other than mine have just helped me, I think, be more well-rounded in the way I see the world. And it, it definitely brings me a sense of calm and, and, uh, patience, you know, when, whenever you're trying to work th through something difficult and it's such a blessing to be able to work through the difficulties we've been working through, you know, it's not it, it, to TK's point, it's a different story when you're just, when you don't have the speed, you, 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 have, you have no, it seems like the team has no capability and you've got to try and build that up. That's a whole different, you know, level of complexity than, hey, we're fast and things just aren't working out. You know, I think the, the second one is, is a lot easier to work through. TK, you might want to talk to your buddy here uh, yeah. because coming up shortly, you're going to have your annual ping pong charity tournament. Now, I, I don't know if Kanan's good with a paddle or not, but tell us a little bit about what's going into this uh, ping pong, or as they actually say, table tennis. Are you showing up, Kanan? I, 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 I am, I am, I am. You're coming. He's yeah. in training. Okay. Fantastic. Well, I, Fantastic. people don't know, well, people don't know, Jack, you don't know, but Joseph, actually he gifted me two ping pong paddles. They're awesome. 
I do have a ping pong table here at the house. We do have one at Pit Fit. Dixon is actually my partner, which I found the only <laughs> thing, Dixon, it's not good at it. Um, but I, it's, it's a tough competition. Joseph is like, man, it's in another level. I think he should be actually in Tokyo right now playing, you know, in the Olympics. But uh, yeah, I'll let Joseph uh, reply. But yeah, Joseph, I was, uh, I actually going to have to reply to the email because I wasn't sure when I was going to get to Nashville, but we are, I'll be there the whole weekend. So you can count on me. Fantastic. It was another good addition. It's great. It's a good fun. Um, we started this three years ago. Last year we took off because of COVID. It was just a really, mm -hmm. you know, it was difficult for people to do stuff, as you know. Um, but we've moved it. So this is a, it's a charity ping pong event. Event. It's really quick. I wanted to do something with Serious Fun Children's Network, which is Paul Newman's charity that he started, you know, right. 30 plus years ago with the Hole in the Wall camp. Now they have 30 plus camps worldwide. It's this, it's this massive group, um, you know, that helps send sick kids the camp lets kids be kids which is it's such a great charity and great cause so i wanted to do something to raise funds for that and i wanted to be quick and easy and i was like you know what's easier than ping pong you know you ask drivers to show up to this thing it takes them literally 45 minutes to an hour we run through a quick tournament we have a ton of fun doing it it's really easy it's not a big lift for anybody to to show up and do it um and we and we raise a ton of money for six fun children's network so it's it's yeah it's my annual charity ping pong event we're going to have it in nashville on thursday night we're actually going to sell tickets so wow, um good. if you haven't if you haven't seen on my social media yet check out my channels we're selling 100 tickets so we're trying to raise an extra ten thousand dollars for the charity um most of the time it's been a private event um just with sponsors and all the vips that are there uh, but this year we want 100 extra people to come and show up you're going to be able to watch the event be a part of it um it's really going to be a cool deal so yeah august 5th nashville ping pong event uh, it'll be good fun. Well, we're looking forward to it. And, you know, as you know, TK and I will be there doing some live programming. So TK, we'll have to, you know, mic you up and, you know, they have in-car radios and in-car cameras. We need an in-table tennis tournament POV shot from one Tony Kanan. Uh, you you're going you're gonna to hear me just bitching at Dixon the entire time. <laughs> <laughs> Dixon, it's so funny. Dixon is the worst at it. it TK worst. is so right. <laughs> It's like I said, I think I was glad that Joseph put this thing together a few years ago because I'm like, I'm going to pick Dixon because, you know, Joseph wasn't available. I knew how good he was. I'm like, who's the, who's the next guy? I want to win. I said, wow. You know, that is a guy that is good at everything. I said, Dixon, come on, let's go do this. And I have to say it was the worst choice I've ever made. <laughs> uh, Joseph, the things that you stir up outside in the race, race car. Listen, looking forward to getting down to your home and uh, to taking on this uh, big machine music city Grand Prix that I think has got the entire worldwide motorsports community curious and anticipating that weekend. Thanks so much, though, in the meantime, for joining us here on Brick by Brick. And I know that you've got to rush off now and get your practice time in. Dixon, on the other hand, is trying to figure out a way that he can send his regrets. And TK, on the other hand, keeps asking himself, Oh my God, what did I get myself into? No, no, we'll I'm practicing every day, actually. Every day I have my, my 14 year old son is here and he likes to play. So uh, we're doing it. It's going to be fun. Hey, Joseph, good luck. Thanks so much. All right. Love you guys. See ya. Well, Tony, that was fun. I mean, we got yeah. different perspectives. Uh, no, you, a of lot course. Of fun, actually. Yeah, you, of course, back in Brazil. Look, fear not, everybody. He will be back in the United States in time to join me. Uh, at Nashville 
And uh, we're certainly looking forward to that. It's now the time to really get your A game going, is it not, for this push for a championship? You've said it before, and I tend to believe it, that by the time we get done with Nashville in a week and a half or so, we'll have a pretty good indicator as to who the, the, the contenders are and who the pretenders are for the 2021 title. No, 100%, Jack. I think you'll see drivers in different positions, right? You're going to see New Garden only looking for wins. Dixon only looking for wins. And you're going to have the Palou and then Pato there kind of like trying to manage what they can get if they can't win. You know, it's, uh, it's going to be interesting. Then you have guys running for their contracts because I, mean, you, you, I have to say I'm looking forward to the next few shows with Sealy season. This is going to be crazy. Yeah, I mean, there's yeah. going to be a lot of movement around. But speaking of the championship, we'll talk Wednesday after Nashville. And uh, I might pick the championship winner right there for you guys as a guest. How about that? So that brings the curtain down on this week's Brick by Brick. Remember, if you missed any of today's show or any of our others, listen, they're always available on the SiriusXM app as well as at Pandora. And... If you want more racing news with stars from IndyCar, NASCAR, and America's short tracks, TK knows about those short tracks now after SRX, make sure you download my weekly podcast. That's Jackaroot's Wind Tunnel. Each week, in addition to our guests, I get to tell some stories from my 60 years in the racing world. Well, and some of them, eh, maybe they should be left untold, but I'm not a brightest bulb on the tree, so you'll get to hear them. That's Jackaroot's Wind Tunnel, available wherever you get your podcasts and on the SiriusXM app as well. My thanks to our guests, Michael Shank, Alex Pillow, and Joseph Newgarden. The executive producer of our program is Andy King, and the show is produced by Nate Lee. Join us again next week, won't you? Until then, for Tony Kanaan, I'm Jack Aroot. Thanks so much for joining us right here on Brick by Brick.